This episode of the Drum Break Podcast is brought to you by Polly's Custom Apparel. What's up, guys? Welcome to the 10th episode of the Drum Break, where we talk about everything in, on, and about the percussion world. I'm Mike. I'm Spencer. So yeah, what do we got going on today? Um, today is is our 10th episode Woo-hoo. of the Drum Break. We've been on a little hiatus recently, but we're back in it. Um, and we wanted to do sort of a, a little bit of a, a celebratory um video about uh the entire sort of drumming experience and we thought a good way to do that would be to give a little bit of a history lesson (laughs) we're gonna bore you with a little bit of history oddly enough um (laughs) we're gonna talk about uh the evolution of this instrument that we both love so dearly the drum set um and give some some cool facts and tidbits along the way um but yeah, first Mike is going to plug some of our uh, socials, and then we're going to plug a very uh, special thing coming up, but <laughs> first Mike. Yeah, so um, you can find us pretty much anywhere. Um, we have two social media, main social medias, uh, Instagram and then our Facebook page, and those are both The Drum Break Podcast. Um, it just so happens to be that Instagram's a little bit uh, easier to access, um, so I check that more often. You know, we try to check that one more often. So if you're really trying to get a hold of us or, or whatever it may be, you know, you want to interview or you got something drum related you want to talk about, shoot us a, a DM or whatever it may be, or even an email, the Drum Break Podcast uh, at gmail.com. But um, yeah, if you if you're trying to listen, if you're trying to watch, we're on YouTube. We are also on um, Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are also on SoundCloud, and then um, an app called Podbean. But yeah, so you may be noticing that um, to our behind us, I guess, because the camera yeah. <laughs> is that way. We have a uh, something new to our our uh, set here. Yeah, it's very cool. Please explain. Um, so we have an awesome sponsor this episode, actually. It is Polly's Custom Apparel. Um, basically, they're a, a custom uh, sort of graphic design uh, company. So they service, you know, a bunch of schools and, and companies around the area um, for, you know, uh, sports jerseys, uh, club spirit wear, stuff like that. And they were awesome enough to uh, send us this banner, which is so sweet it looks amazing it is isn't that freaking awesome (laughs) um uh but yeah they uh do super high quality stuff um they do screen printing embroidery um and their prices are are very competitive um a lot of places tend to you know upcharge stuff like that but they uh they have very low costs for very high quality and uh i would uh, recommend if you have any sort of spirit wear yeah. or athletic um, anything really needs yeah for sure um you can dm us uh if you would like some more information as to uh contacting them but yeah so thanks to our sponsor Polly's custom apparel this yeah. episode thank you you know and just to piggyback off that a little bit um we we've been using Polly's for uh i don't know at, at seven least since, yeah, years yeah. like um, so they're you know we've been with them 
prior to the podcast yeah. and, and they reached out to us and were you know so so behind us and and it's it's different too because I, I think they're different than every other company oh, yeah. because like to me they're not just like a t-shirt company mm-hmm. they're like somebody who really cares about they're small they're local but yeah. they such great quality and we may be having some yeah more collaborations with them in the future um, to be determined merch question mark question mark question mark you know, merch. wait and see on that one <laughs> um but yeah so uh yeah thanks again to uh Polly's custom apparel it's pretty cool yeah. so For sure but um without further ado let's get on into uh the nerding out nice the, the drum history we like that here um and there's a lot of stuff that we can cover the history yeah. of drumming is very very broad and goes back a long time um but for the sake of this episode's length um <laughs> we're going to stick to sort of the origins and the evolution of the drum set specifically which is our you know favorite of the percussion instruments yep. i would say um but to start us off before we even get into sort of drum set territory there's a before step that we need to talk about which is military drumming which mike will uh give us a little background on yeah so um you know military drumming is uh, it's something special because it's not just drums and this is also pre-civil war Mm -hmm. um but uh, mainly used in the Civil War. Um, so drums are like regular drums. They're made out of wood. Um, they have, you know, the shells made out of wood. And then the, um, the hoops are also made out of, uh, out of wood. And they were, um, the drums themselves didn't really have any metal onto them. Um, just because that time, you know, they didn't, uh, they didn't really have anything like that that the, the technology wasn't what it you see today um so they had something called rope tension and it is what it means um you know you tighten the ropes on the drums they they go from hoop to hoop which well, looks like hoop to hoop but you know it's from head to head you yeah. know skin uh calf skin head um and what you would do is when you're, you know, tightening, you unloosen a certain part, you know, it's got like a little bit of ribbing on the back there and you just go and you pull, 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 pull. Um, and then, or they also have, um, on each lug, I guess you would say, I don't really know. I guess each, attachment point. Each attachment really. point. Yeah. They had a little sleeve, um, that would go, um, to tighten it that way so like you know for fine fine adjustments but Mm -hmm. for the main tuning you know you really pull them hard pull all the strings so they're nice and tight but yeah so that was kind of like what the drums used to look like um so the way that they would carry them um so from from nowadays we see something called a carrier Mm -hmm. right or a harness is another word for it and uh those are made out of metal or some sort of aluminum composite or whatever it may be. Um, but back in the day, again, there wasn't that, that metal, you know, the, the harness for those snare drums, right. Or bass drums. So they were, um, put on these, like a a sling is what they call it. That would be slung directly over your body. Right. Um, like a sash, Mm. like a sash would be, um, connected to the top part of the drum. And then when you're marching, you have it 
tilted, right? It's also uh, sometimes they were attached to your knee as well. You would have, you know, a piece of string around your knee, right? So when you're marching, the drum would move and it's on an angle. Well, how do you how do you play with something yeah. like this? You're not going to play like this, right? So they invented something called traditional grip. Traditional grip, I mean, it has stood the tests of time. Yes. Um, traditional grip is something that was started back then and it's way used today um you know it's 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 for a purpose right it's for that that angle on the drum you're compensating for that you know that uh you know because if you're just playing matched with the angle you'd have like your arm all the way up here and it would get very tiring very quickly yeah and um so when they were playing right usually the drum the drummer's first one out with mm. flags you know um what you would see would be like the american flag you know whatever battalion it is and then the drummer right yeah. or not or not multiple s- maybe multiple yeah. drummers whatever it may be but not only is it to keep them in time while they're marching you know left right left right mm-hmm. it's also to signal what's happening faster slower stop you know, all these rudiments had, had different calls, yeah. different cadences, I guess you could call it, um, you know, to co- communicate with the yeah, with the rest of the battalion. You have, you know, 500 soldiers behind you. How, you know, you can't scream all the way over mm-hmm. there, right? So they would have a set of drums and then they would have maybe even another set if it's, if it's that big yeah. so that they are all communicating and they can all tell, you know, the rest of the soldiers what's going on. So that was kind of the the military aspect of it, and it's pretty much carried on through now. You know, Marines yeah. and everything they they still use rope tension drums emphasis, to these days. Yeah, on the percussion and and the sort of musical, I guess, aspect of it, um, which yep. is cool. It's it's nice that they keep that history around. Um, it's important. But so after the Civil War, um, a lot more sort of different styles of music were becoming popular. Um, and one was uh, sort of the, the vaudeville or musical theater, sort of theater-type music. Um, and that would have sort of a normal, I guess, military-type band, um, at least in the earlier days. Um, but the problem with having a military band with sort of a military percussion section is that you have someone playing a snare drum and someone playing a bass drum and someone playing cymbals and multiple people playing all of those things. And if you're in like, you know, an 1800s sort of <laughs> theater in a pit, yeah, you're going to, you have no space for all of those people. So this is where we start to see the beginnings of what we can call a drum set or a drum kit. Because, Trap set. Yeah. Yeah. Because these drummers um, and these band directors were looking so, okay, how can I, um, you know, fit the most amount of drum uh, in that I can? (laughs) Um, And what they came up with was sort of the origin of this thing called double drumming or what they call double drumming, which is basically they would have one person playing a snare drum and a bass drum at the same time, which like now it's like, duh, yeah, obviously. But back then it was kind of a big deal. 
Um, so they would have the snare drum like maybe up on some chairs or even like someone might be holding it or something. Yep. And you would play the snare drum and the bass drum both with sticks. Um, and that would be able to cut down the size of of the orchestra or the band. Um, but while not cutting down on the sound, I guess. Um, and so that was sort of the thing for a little bit until we get into um, sort of the early 1900s and the start of sort of traditional jazz or ragtime and Dixieland and stuff like that. And that's when we begin to see a lot more um, sort of in- innovation as far as the equipment goes. Um, because then we have, you know, Dixieland and, you know, second line drummers who have these like big bass drums and then, uh, they found out ways to attach the snare drum to the bass drum. So they have to have like a separate thing. Um, so you can have that. They invented what's called a low boy hi-hat stand, which is basically, if you imagine a hi-hat stand, it's like that, except all the way down by your shin. So you can't like play it like with a rock beat or anything it was just used with your foot um but they had that kind of stuff going and that sort of led to the invention of also the bass drum pedal um because before that you would have to play the bass drum with a drumstick um but now that you free up that hand you get to add all sorts of more cool stuff and that was a lot of the drum sets in the like 1910s 1920s they would just sort of have a snare drum a bass drum a low boy hi-hat and then they would add all these little like sort of a tom up here and maybe like a cowbell or some sort of wood block um and you can hear it a lot in like those recordings too (laughs) there's like this sort of characteristic like a little wood block yeah uh sort of thing but they would have like cymbal stands drilled into the bass drum so they could have crashes and stuff yeah um, and it was like just sort of a bunch of experimenting at that point. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny though, because like, you know, these days we have specific hardware for specific symbols for specific, da, 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 da. it gets yeah. crazy, you know, mm-hmm. how many, how much stuff you can get. But then it was like, again, they, they, no one thought of this stuff yet. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So what was there to do? MacGyver. Yeah. Drill a hole there, put a metal thing in that. Strap it on. (laughs) Strap it on. Like, let's go. Like, just whatever you can do to get it on there, do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, So that was sort of the main, I guess, early jazz type of drum set. Um, And that sort of evolved through the big band era into something that's maybe more like what we would consider like a sort of normal drum set. The hi-hat would be able to be raised up so that you could play it with your hands um the snare you know was was more adjustable to to you had a separate stand for it you know a basket is what they was what they call it stands for symbols tunable toms yes which was a big thing because they didn't used to have tunable toms Mm -hmm. um and that was sort of once we get into like the 1930s and the big band era that was sort of the first instance of hey this is like a modern quote like drum kit this is now a drum set and we can call it a drum set right um and so after the big band era and into sort of like bebop and more jazz jazz was really jazz yeah essentially filled a very large part of the early 
sort of American music. Yeah. Um, and once like after big band and you get into like some bebop in the forties and fifties and stuff, mm-hmm. the kits started to get a lot smaller because, you know, big band, you'd have all these like huge drums yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but with bebop, it would just usually smaller ensembles. You would be gigging all around a city and you don't want to lug like a huge drum. Yeah. Um, so bass drums got really small. Tom's got really small. Yes. Um, Symbols got bigger, <laughs> you know, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but that was sort of like big band into the bebop drum set. And then sort of once we get after that um, era in the 50s and start getting more into rock and roll is where they sort of found like a middle ground where the a standard, I guess you could say, was set for sort of sizes of drums and like if you look up a picture of a drum set chances are you'll see you know a a classic sort of 14 12 13 16 sort of setup um which was popularized after sort of jazz had left the mainstream yeah um and when rock and roll had come into it yeah well and and plus you know and and going back to a little bit on the jazz you know think about this like nowadays it's like hey check out this song i'll send it to my friend who lives around the world but like and then like you 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 put you put it perfectly like it jazz filled a, a giant hole yeah but think of it you know it, like you said started in new orleans you know and it only it only just kept creeping out and it mm-hmm. just kind of did this right just sort of for multiple years it did yeah, this everywhere up you to know. chicago new york everywhere can't like <laughs> all over the midwest and the west and it's yeah yeah and you know and that's when you know after a little bit after that like you said you know we started to get more into rock and roll era which was a big shock you know yeah. um going from something that's so smooth that you know and and so artistic and and i'm not saying that rock and roll isn't artistic but you know i'm trying to put myself in the mindset you know Uh something that's so beautiful to then you know i mean the beatles like when everyone when they came out there everyone's like what like the beatles who Who are these guys and why do i love them (laughs) Right? right but yeah so like you know People like uh, the Beatles um, and Ringo Starr, you know, he Obviously. he he changed. Um, I mean, the game for most rock drummers. I mean, to this day, I mean, people arguably are st- like the first rock and roll like icon drummer. Yeah, and it's and it's funny because like I think we throw around rock and roll a little loosely these days, but like that was rock and roll back mm-hmm. in the day. That was rock and roll. Yeah, like you know, and Elvis Presley, like he's yeah. you know he's not a drummer, but still like you know it's rock and roll and helped and, ushered in this sort of new era yeah the post jazz era I yeah guess you could call it. but you know it's weird though because the the drum set just went through all these changes right mm-hmm. smaller tom smaller things you know compact size take it little go with rock and roll no bigger better more because that became the introduction of like amplified instruments yes. and microphones, and so now the drums had to compete with all these other instruments. Yep. And the drums got bigger, and the crowds got bigger, and the drums got bigger, and yeah, you know, it was just, and it really took off from there. You know, it was like you said, you know, the the drums were were itty bitty. You know, if you th- mm. if you think of a jazz kit, when I think of jazz kit, I think of like ten. 14 yeah. you know 
and maybe an 18 yeah and then a if, 14 if snare, sort like. of classic if your bass drum is bigger than your cymbals then it's not a jazz kit yeah you know pretty much but, but you know when you get into that rock era it, yeah. it, it just it changes so much and then even after that a little bit after that rock era, when we got more into the the metal and, mm-hmm. and you know the punk and all that stuff that's when you know gongs behind the bass drum you know john bonham and, you know Neil Pert with the 360 kit. Thousand, you know, thousand toms. And, yeah. you know, it's just symbols got bigger, more China's. I mean, what's that? You know, people are using symbols with holes in them. Yeah. I mean, these guys are crazy. Like, it's big, it's loud, you know. Like, I mean, you have nine different pedals on the floor for <laughs> yeah. four bass drums, like uh-huh. seven hi hats. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. But that's, that era is, is, I mean, it's awesome because yeah. that's that's where most of the music these days really took off from there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we have we have stuff that's even more um, modern, more I modern guess. than yeah. that, and it it just keeps going right. Mm-hmm. So in between, you know the 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 late seventy early seventies yeah. to to um, let's say late nineties, right? Yeah, drums started. To be like, mm, they're just drums. Yeah. So we we started doing this thing with rubber drums. What's a rubber drum? <laughs> you might ask. <laughs> That's funny. So That's they funny. they started using these electric drum kits, right? So we're still having a drummer play, but they're these really thin little pads. They're just like drum pads. They don't make noise on their own, but if you plug it in, plug it in, you, you know. Have- a whole host of different sounds and i know obviously today it's like well yeah you could just like press a button and have a billion different sounds yeah but back then it was like crazy innovation you know yeah. and and what i what always comes to mind when i think of like those electric drum kits is the big like octagonal pads yeah. like yep. that was what yep. they were they were just these big these big rubber pads that were shaped like an octagon mm-hmm. and you had thousand of or not thousand yeah. but you know you a had lot of them you had let's let's say 10 yeah. you know, all over the place as your drum kit, like, and, and you're just playing these little flat pieces of rubber that sound like nothing, but you know, you can assign all these different sounds to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can assign a howling monkey <laughs> or you can assign wind chimes and it just like opened it, the door wide open for, yeah, for a anything. lot of different stuff. Um, and then sort of getting out of a little bit drum set territory with all the electronic sort of innovation came um the first drum machines the tr808 and 909s and stuff um which were used a lot in early hip-hop and are still used a lot in hip-hop and pop music um but that was i guess sort of a little bit sad for (laughs) for drummers because it felt like you know the machines are are taking our jobs away yeah. or something like that but it, it you know it, it was a a great um sort of again innovation to to be able to um get all of these different sounds on this little box um yeah. and it really impacted the world of hip hop a lot and sort of defined the genre um but like again that's not really drum set but that's just sort of goes to show where the the path of evolution has has taken the instrument you know you know but it it is drum set though you know because at the the same time 
I mean, yes, we're pushing buttons with our fingers. Yeah. We're still playing, you know, mm-hmm. the drums are still the drums, right? Yeah. They may not sound. They still fill the same role. They exactly. still have the same, yeah. You know, they still have that same that same power behind the song. And, and like you said, you know, all these drum machines, right? Those were great. And then here comes another era. Let's say, what, late 90s, early 2000s to 2010s right mm-hmm. more 2000s to 10s um and we're starting to see those drum machines disappear well where are those drum machines going where are all these sounds going on your computer samples <laughs> right i could take this whole <laughs> drum set right here this big old monster and i could put it each sound into one button yeah into one little file on my computer right that I can just drag and drop and multiply, subtract, yeah. whatever I want to do. Like nowadays, music production is almost impossible without a computer. Yes. Like if if you want to get, you know, specific sounds or get sort of, you know, uh, hip-hop, electronic, um, sort of modern pop sound, you almost need a computer because everything's been just localized and it's, you know, very, very computer- um dependent which is um you know good and bad but i think ultimately (laughs) um it's it opens again as i said it opens the door of possibilities to a lot of you know unique and new and different kinds of of music to to come out it does and it also opens a possibility for more people to get into it right Mm -hmm. standard mac things all come with garage band. garage band you can be if you have a right mac, now not even a mac you can do it on your phone on if, your, yeah your phone iPad, comes with phone, garage band if you have an apple product within the last what 10 years yeah you have garage band on it and you can make a song right now on your phone right now we could make a song right now Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should live stream and and po- we, we will after after the podcast. We'll make a song. <laughs> we can go make a song right now. We can lay down lyrics right now without a microphone, just on my phone like this. Mm-hmm. And then we can make it. We can make a song. Yeah. And that that to me, I love that. Yeah. I love that. My the accessibility is crazy, right? and like anyone anywhere can make anything yes. nowadays. Like you know, my my six year old niece, right? She can go on her iPad right now and make drum beats if she really wants to, mm-hmm. or she can you know be the next composer. You know, it's it, it's endless possibilities, and and that's yeah. not only drums; that's everything now. Mm-hmm. Everything's digitalized. Everything's on the computer, or your phone, or whatever it may be. Yeah, but. uh yeah, so so that kind of wraps up. Yeah. I know um, at the end there we sort of got away from <laughs> drum sets, but yeah. honestly it's it's you know learning all this history about it has has given us I think a greater appreciation for what we have now. Yes. Um and all the innovators of the past and what they've been able to do. Yeah. Um and and it's great and I will certainly be more, you know, thankful the next right. time i get to play something with my hand on my hi-hat instead of <laughs> right. having it all the way down by my foot you exactly know? and you know um but the the thing with history right is it it does kind of go in a circle right trends go into a circle mm-hmm. and fashion is what they say right 
And I'm starting to see that with drums again. Oh, yeah. More of the newer artists, um, let's let's see, Post Malone, uh, Billie Eilish, all those people, you know. There's they, sort of been, I guess, uh, a retro sort of yeah. re- renaissance, I guess yep. you could say. Um, like a more appreciate, a greater appreciation for like analog and yeah. acoustic stuff. Yep. And I mean, just the other day I saw Machine Gun Kelly acoustic. And he's playing guitar like with a couple guys. And it's just, and you know, I've seen covers of Billie Eilish's band, you know, Mm -hmm. they're, it's a live drummer when she plays live. Yeah. It's a real drummer. He's on stage. And that's not to say that the drums like ever went away because they didn't. Mm -hmm. You had like all sorts of pop and and punk in the 2000s and up until now with, with live drums. And you've always had rock bands and jazz bands and, you know, what have you. Um, but it's it's just so cool to see like the revival of sort of the art of drumming, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, and yeah, it's really cool. So that being said, to wrap up our little drum history episode, <laughs> yeah. um, there'll there'll be a test. <laughs> yes. we'll send- <laughs> yeah, we'll send out a, a Google test or whatever yeah. it is, um, Google survey. Uh, just some some cool little facts um that we we've done a little research on um the oldest drum to be discovered is actually an alligator drum it was used in neolithic china um and it was made from clay and alligator skin hides that this is the reason why at the beginning of the episode we were like all right we're gonna stick to sort of the origins of the drum set because if we if we were like like way back the first drum we would be here for five hours it's crazy the first drum that they've found to be discovered is 5500 bc that's old it's i and like (laughs) not to like not to toot our own horn or or anything but drums have pretty much been the center of like the human musical experience ever since we, you know, ever since we had one, but you know, it's just even all the history that we've went over today. There's yeah. so, so much more, yep. you know, there is just a gives lot us more. some perspective, but, um, here's like a, a cool sort of more recent one. This is crazy. I, um, I, I guess I never really wondered about this, but never, now that yeah. I've seen it, it's crazy to me. The longest uh, recorded drum session by an individual is 122 hours and 25 minutes. That's long. That's insane. December 27th of 2011 to January 1st, 2012. Can you imagine playing drums for that long? How many days? I mean, that's like. I wish I could play drums for that long, but I don't, I don't I wish think I, I could. I wish I could play for more than two hours without getting frustrated. You know how crazy... Like, that's, I wonder what it looked like. There's just got to be a video of this. That's crazy. I just... That that blew my mind when you showed me that. Yeah. It's, man, but... The uh, the next one's interesting. Oh, you, yeah. Do you want to say it? You can go for it. I mean, I, yeah. Um, this sort of goes back to um, offer a little bit more detail about what we've talked about already, but... Um, Ludwig was actually, uh, the drum company that first, um, sort of developed a working bass drum pedal in 1909. Um, which it it was old. Yeah. 
but it just that simple invention just completely changed the game i think uh, i mean yeah now i have two of them <laughs> exactly you, <laughs> you have know two attached to each other so that <laughs> i can do dig it together with both feet yeah um and I, like without that invention what we know is the modern drum set it would literally be, be kick totally if <laughs> yeah you would kick it yeah this one was a cool one too and this one i've been saying forever let me put this on record i've been saying this for a very long time but nobody else either freaking pays attention to me but drumming burns more calories in a half hour than cycling hiking and weightlifting in the same amount of time so if i sat down right now and play drums for a half an hour i would burn more calories than going for a bike ride for a half hour that's i mean that's why i'm in such good shape <laughs> yep oh man yeah but it's drumming's hard work it's fun work you know yeah but man it, it can be uh exhausting sometimes physically and mentally but very much so um i think you should end with this last one here yeah this is this That's is a, a good, cool one um so we were talking about earlier about you know after rock and roll and getting into metal and everything, all these sorts of different kinds of music, the drum set just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, we have here the largest drum set, like the world record for the largest drum set. Get this, 813 pieces. That's a lot. That's not a lot. That's not... (laughs) I think your drum set is a big drum set, and this is a fraction of what this drum not, set probably is. Probably not even. Um, it took 36 years to build, and it was built by Dr. Mark Temperato. 23 playable things on my drum 23. set. 23, and this one has 813. That's... That would take is up... Is that even 1%? I don't even... <laughs> that would take up like two... F- maybe three full rooms it's he's it's got to be in like a like stadium a warehouse or a warehouse or, yeah. yeah it's got to be somewhere crazy but how long did it take him 36 years to get all the equipment and i guess figure out how everything's gonna fit together I, I assume it's playable i just yeah. i don't think it's just a bunch of stuff oh, it, thrown I'm in sh- a room i'm it sure it is playable, playable. i'm yeah. sure it is playable i'm sure that was one of the things can you imagine trying to set a world record for 813 pieces and and they're like okay now play every single thing on here okay go <laughs> i'd be like can i can maybe you just that was count it? that was like the last year the 36th year was <laughs> him just being able to play everything <laughs> it's just it took him one whole year to yeah. just play it <laughs> Like every day he played, like every yeah. day he played like four things. Yeah. Like, okay, next yeah, day. But that's that's a, that's pretty cool. I would never want a drum set that big. That's insane. I, I would never want it, but I would love to see it. And oh, to yeah, be able yeah. to just go like this and hit things. That uh-huh. that to me would just be interesting, just to like flail my arms to see what happens. Yeah, dang, that's crazy. That is crazy. But after after that, I think uh, we've about wrapped it up for uh, uh, what we had planned today. It yeah, was, it was kind of fun getting to know. It was some history. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some other other cool things. Um, but yeah, this has been the Drum Break Podcast. I hope you all have an awesome rest of your week. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>